Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Continental Extreme Contact DWS 06+. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversation with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, boys and girls? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire. For Monday, July 26th, hope everybody had a phenomenal weekend. Mine was so action-packed that Sunday afternoon, I laid down to start doing some more football reading, previewing the upcoming season, and I fell asleep, and I woke up, and it was two hours later. (laughs) Just an exhausting weekend. Yes, I'll talk about the tennis tournament. If you guys follow me on the gram, you already know what happened. Uh, It's a sore subject, but we will talk about it. Um, Obviously, we've got a ton of sports news coming off the weekend. Team USA losing to France. If you play it back, I think two weeks ago, right after the loss to, I think it was Australia, I said France 16.5. I bet it instantly. I told you guys to bet it. France was getting 16.5, and and they won on Sunday morning. Crazy result. We'll talk about that. Um, Some NBA scuttlebutt. It's draft week, so there's going to be some Bradley Beal chatter. But the big news is Jay Billis stops by. He does the draft for ESPN. You guys are going to love Jay Billis. He came on, I believe it was during the Final Four, right before Gonzaga-Baylor uh, in the National Championship. Maybe it was the Monday of the game. I'm, I'm not sure, but Jay Billis is great. I've known him for a while. I actually, way back, maybe 13 years ago, I pitched ESPN. Let me do a profile of Jay Billis for this website, the big lead that I work for. And so I went into New York City. Hung out with Jay Billis and Bill Raftery at the then Big East tournament, and it was awesome. Uh, people noticing Raftery on the street, Billis just fun, insightful. Watch video together. Uh, he breaks down plays. Billis is a great guy. Um, he thinks this is the best draft since the 2003 draft. I mean, I know it's loaded. I didn't know it was that good. So we'll get to that. But first, I I just wanted to open a couple things. Um, first of all, I have to start with this Team USA loss. Because you remember how we had Joe Varden on from The Athletic? He's the one who got into it with Popovich. So he is in Japan covering the Olympics, and he's there with Team USA. After the game, Varden, I guess either following players in the locker room or overheard or whatever, but he said players were grumbling about running the San Antonio offense. Yikes! That's after game one! Now, listen, uh, this may have been... I don't want to say it's taken out of context. Varden, a good reporter. He's covered the league for a while. Um, 
you have to wonder, given the meltdown, because again, Team USA led almost throughout the game. They led by 10 at one point. They led by seven with like three minutes left, four minutes left. They look fine. They're going to win the game. And then, of course, just choke City, and France executes better down the stretch. They ran the same inbounds play twice, resulting in threes. Um, And bing, bang, boom, the USA has now uh, lost three of their last four games. Team USA, three of their last four. That's got to be the worst stretch in Team USA basketball history, or one of them. The 25-game win streak at the Olympics snapped. Their first Olympic loss since 2004. And what hurts is, you know, Damian Lillard was pretty awful and got pulled down the stretch. He had two turnovers, a shot poorly. Kevin Durant, battle foul trouble, shot poorly. Dame and KD, probably the two best players on the team, right? Shot a combined 7 of 22. And when you look at who their best player was, folks, Drew Holiday was on a, uh, won the championship with Milwaukee, was on the uh, parade celebrating on, I believe it was Thursday, and then he gets on a plane to fly across the world, land Saturday, and play the game Sunday morning. What? Like, seriously? Drew Holiday had 12 points in the fourth quarter. He was huge. Um, but obviously, listen, um, when, when you give up 28 points to Evan frickin' Fournier, 28. Fournier's a free agent, by the way. It's so funny because I remember we specifically talked about it on this pod. I liked it when the Celtics picked up Fournier. In his first game with Boston, I believe he was 0 for 12. And the Celtics fans hated him ever since. They're like, I'll get this guy out of town. He's trash. He can't make a shot. Evan Fournier in these international games. And Damian Lillard kind of took a shot. He's like, you know, some of these guys, they don't play in the NBA like they do internationally. And I don't think he was talking about Gobert, but he had to be talking about Fournier, who was unbelievable. I don't want to say he's the best player on the court because he was not. Um, He was maybe the best player on the court during the game against the USA, but just a devastating loss. Um, We touch on it with Billis a little bit later. Not the way you want to start the Olympics. That being said, haven't seen a line for USA-Iran on Wednesday. I would like to back up the Brinks on USA. The line will probably be in the high 20s. I don't think it touches 30, but I can see the players, Popovich, really going hard at Iran to prove a point. Uh, Hey, we're not dead. We're not done. Um, and then, of course, the big game against the Czech Republic to see if they advance out of group play. Now, if they don't advance out of group play, Popovich is done for sure, um, and there's going to be a whole cleaning house that will get ugly. Um, but they should advance out of group play. All right, besides Team USA Basketball, I have to confess, I'm sorry, I did not do my patriotic duty and watch any Olympics. Uh, I did hear some from some from friends who were really into it. Um, you know, I, I played volleyball Sunday morning. I could play because I... Didn't get to the championship of the tennis tournament I entered. Um, and a couple of the guys were like watching the surfing and they talked about the volleyball and like the USA's number one volleyball player tested positive for COVID. He'd been like working for three years toward this. Test positive. The backup comes in and USA volleyball wins uh, their match against, against Italy. Um, so, but I, I just, listen, uh, the tennis tournament chewed up my Saturday. I'll get to it in a sec. And um, Sunday, you know, I had Saturday hoops with my daughter. Uh, Sunday who's with my son I the aforementioned nap <laughs> um, and, and then you know I tried to like just chill out a little bit I, I'm not I'm not kidding um, the tennis tournament took a lot out of me so here's the brief recap Thursday night play the first match um, I, I win it was tough uh, you know I, I win in two sets uh, but the guy was good he was a lefty wasn't totally ready for it um, just because he's a lefty I thought he was um, the probably the overall the best player I played the opening match. I think I won 6-4-7-5. So then I had to play uh, Friday night against a kid. I show up, and they're like, oh, yeah, there's a guy. I look at this kid. He's like this young kid. I'm like, what are you, like 25? He's like 22. I'm like, are you kidding me? I got to play a 22-year-old? And, and my buddy Dan, who listens to the pod all the time, shout out to Dan, uh, showed up to support me. And we're, this is what happens when you're playing in tennis uh, tournaments. In warm-ups, guys look amazing. And this 22-year-old is hitting everything like hard. And imp- I'm like, geez, I'm in trouble. This is going to suck. And I smoked him. I think it was one and two, six, one, six, two. It was like easy. He just made a million mistakes. Um, I, I played really solid, and he just hit everything long and wide. And, um, you know, he hadn't played in a lot of tournaments. He, so I beat him. So then the next match is Saturday morning, and I play against my buddy, who is the commissioner of my fantasy football league. 
and I know him, Thomas, this Asian guy who's a who's a really solid player. His strokes look good. He destroyed a guy uh, on Friday night, and I'm playing Thomas, and you know we're warming up, and again, same deal. This guy's hitting a slice, uh, backhand solid, two-handed backhand, pretty shot, and I'm like, oh, I'm in trouble. I was a little tired. Back-to-back days of tennis. Now there's a third straight day. And again, Thomas making a lot of mistakes. I go up 3 nothing. He comes back, and then I just rip his heart out with three straight and win 6-3. And you could see after the first set, he was a little deflated. And I think he was a little tired. You know, he's I'm not saying he's out of shape, but he's not in great shape. He's a dad. Um, and he, listen, he's got better strokes than me, but I beat him in two sets. So then I had to play at 2 o'clock on Saturday. So you play at 9.30 and then 2. And at this point, I'm tired. I come home after watching my daughter's basketball game, and I'm tired. You know, I'm just gassed. And I try to rally. You know, I have this... Um, inversion table, which I recommend highly. You can get it off Amazon. They'll come in. The guy from Amazon will set it up in your garage for, you know, whatever it costs. It's so much easier than to do it yourself. Again, on the inversion table, you go upside down. It stretches your back. You know, you get the uh, little head rush. It's a good, like, wake up. And I'm playing this guy. And again, you know, this is uh, my buddy Dan shows up. My wife, the kids are all there. And I'm playing this guy who said he only started playing two years ago, but he's like 32 years old. Again, super young. And out of the gate, I'm wrecking him. Four to one lead. And I'm sitting here myself thinking, and this is bad to say, but this is reality when you're on the court. I'm like, I go up 4-1. I'm like, man, I couldn't even make the tennis team in high school. Imagine if I win this championship. That would be awesome. And I, you know, it, it just, it's the nature of the beast, guys. If you've played sports, it, you start thinking ahead. And I, I go up 4-1. And... You know, it's it's hot. Um, I, it was 75 degrees or whatever. But the sun, you know, beating down fourth match in three days. And for whatever reason, I just lose focus. And he starts eliminating all mistakes. The guy didn't double fault the whole match. Um, and he just played super clean tennis. And folks, your boy just couldn't get any. I, everything was missing. I mean, we would have a 20-shot rallies. He was doing basically my game. Just keep it in. Keep it in, keep it in, don't make mistakes, keep it in. Hit it right to the guy, who cares? Who cares? I'm not going for winners. But then he started doing like moon ball returns on like the 20th exchange of the hit, of the volley. And I'm like, what the hell? So I started to try to smash them to put them away. Because I'm like, I'm up 4-1. And I just started missing them. And it snowballed. And next thing I know, it's 4-4. And you know what I did in the first match? Um... I was leading in the second set 4-1, and the guy scores uh, three. He wins three straight games, and I go to the bathroom. I read this story about Djokovic, how he would go to the bathroom when his opponent had, like, a heavy momentum. And it would just, like, chill and relax and slow things down. And I just – I was so stunned that he won three straight, I forgot to use the bathroom ploy. So then I lose the fifth game in deuce, and I lose the sixth in deuce. And at that point, I'm just crestfallen. He's won five straight. I lose it 6-4. And then it snowballs into the second set. I had a, 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 another buddy and his wife showed up because the wife was playing. And their tennis coach, who I know, coached my son in soccer, um, played soccer with me. And I'm just like, I'm just resigned. Like, I lost the first set. I hadn't lost a set in the entire tournament. Three straight wins, hadn't lost a set. And I, it, it just, it was devastating. And he goes up 5-1, and I'm just like, wow, what a punk bitch I am. How did this happen? I was so angry. So then I win a couple, and I'm like, maybe I can make a comeback, and then he wins another deuce. Like, it, there was no ads. It was just whoever wins the deuce point, and the deuce points were all, like, 25-shot volleys. And he's doing the moon ball thing, and I just, you know, I, listen, I tip my cap. He was better on that day, and I will, I'll maintain, guys, okay? I lost in the semifinals in 2019 to a guy who's definitely better than me. He was playing down. He's a 4-0. Uh, I don't know if he entered the tournament because I forgot his name, but he's really good. This guy is just a player. He's not better than me. Uh, he did beat me. I bet if we played 10 times, it would be 5-5. Five, five. I put money on that. Um, I'm just, it, it hurt. I don't know if he won the championship because the results uh, have still not been posted online. And I don't, I'm not going to email the, the guy who runs it and be like, who won the championship? I'm a loser. Um, but at any rate, uh, it hurt to lose in the semifinals. And uh, I think I'm going to bite the bullet and take some tennis lessons um, next year leading up to the tournament. Um, quickly, before we get to Jay Billis, two things. I saw Wojnarowski said that the Lakers have offered Kuzma and KCP basically to everybody as a package deal. So it sounds like in whatever Kuzma-Schroeder beef there was, 
the Lakers feel financially their best bet is to keep Schroeder. I personally don't know if I agree. I don't know if they can try to package Kuzma, KCP, and Schroeder, and then you have to probably throw in Horton Tucker or a pick or whatever. I, but I don't know. It doesn't sound like the the, the one name that, that, that uh, Woj mentioned was Ricky Rubio. I personally like Rubio. Solid point guard, solid defender. Doesn't make dumb. Uh, doesn't take dumb shots. Uh, isn't a, isn't like a, a ball hog. Uh, Rubio's great. I mean, so a spot up shooter. I mean, he's not like the best uh, shooter in the world, but he's savvy veteran knows how to play. Um, you know, this is a guy who was a high school phenom. Uh, t- I'm sorry, not high school. Teenage phenom in Europe came over. He's what now? He's uh, th- yeah. He's only thirty. Turns thirty one. Um, he, he didn't shoot well from three last year. Thirty percent. But the year before that was 36, and um, he kind of alternates good and bad three-point shooting. He shot 30, then 35, 31, 36, 30. So by that theory, he's due for a good year um, from deep. But, uh, yeah, I would, I would take a crack at Rubio. I don't, I, I don't know what he's going to cost. The only other interesting thing that Wojnarowski had said um, was that the Bulls and the Knicks— are basically he didn't say this, but the allusion to the Bulls and the Knicks are in the mix for everybody, for Kyle Lowry, for uh, Lonzo Ball, for Dennis Schroeder. Like basically, every agent is going to base is using the Bulls and the Knicks as hey, they have cap room, they're going to get my guy. And, and that to me is just is silly. I, I'm sorry, guys. I don't see how Lonzo Ball is a twenty million a year guy. If he's making twenty mil a year, he's probably got to be your third or fourth highest player paid player. And you're not winning anything if Lonzo's your third or fourth highest paid player. You're just not. Yeah, I don't even know if you're a playoff team. So this idea that the Bulls are going to go out and spend or the Knicks, like that is just, I mean, people would rather keep their cap room. I would rather keep my cap room. What if the, the Wizards, if Beal doesn't leave and the Wizards start 1-11 or 2-12, Bradley Beal's going to leave. And all of a sudden, you now have cap room because you didn't go out and pay Lonzo Ball and boom, you can make a run at Bradley Beal or whoever. Um, it, uh, by the way, though, it doesn't sound like Damian Lillard's getting dealt this week. What happened to he's supposed to demand a trade? Still waiting for it. Uh, not a good start to the Olympics for Damian Lillard. But let's pivot to the draft and bring in my main man, Jay Billis. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of general tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their general tire, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, He knows a guy who does. Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire a guy who knows a little bit about basketball, right? Played at Duke, uh, played internationally, was drafted in the NBA, announces the NBA draft. He's everywhere. Jay Billis. Jay, how are you, man? Great, Jason. How are you doing? Uh, You know, I'd be better if the USA basketball team didn't stink up the joint against France in the fourth quarter. I mean, Jay, you know winning time as much as anyone. I'm stunned that they blew the game and lost it. Uh, they were up six in the fourth quarter and then just could not close a door. I, I can't believe this, Jay. Yeah, I guess it's a little bit surprising. But given that we've been through, you know, the the, the USA basketball program hasn't been quite the same in the last couple of years. Um, and it's not just the transition. They had COVID and all this stuff. So and I know the whole world has had that. But, um, you know, we're putting a team together like we used to. And it's uh, it's a little bit harder to do it that way. You know, our guys don't play together uh, like a lot of our competitors do. And everybody now has NBA players. It, it yeah. used to be that just we had them or somebody had one or two. You know, now they've got full rosters of NBA players. So oftentimes the more together team has uh, has the best chance to win. So we're not going to out talent everybody, especially when our our overall best players i mean we've got some of the best players yeah but when when you've got you know all of our best players are not playing because of the way the season went and frankly the ones that are playing their teams aren't happy that they're playing yeah (laughs) there's really not i mean other than building your brand on the other side of the world there's not a ton of upside here i i don't know jay do you think that you know the idea of playing for the usa still matters and has the cachet that it did 20 30 years ago well, I don't know about 20 or 30 years ago. I, I still think it has a great deal of cachet. And I think the players want to play and they want to do well. They wouldn't give up this much time if they didn't want to do well. But it, it's it's much more difficult than it seems. And even Kevin Durant, I mean, we're expecting to see the Kevin Durant of three years ago. And, and heck, he was injured most of last year and is coming off an Achilles uh, uh, rupture. So, you know, to me, you know, if I were Brooklyn, I wouldn't be too happy about him playing. I mean, I'm as American as anybody (laughs) and like to see USA do extraordinarily well. But if I'm Brooklyn, you know, what do you get out of a gold medal? Um, You know, you don't want to you don't want to risk an asset like like Kevin Durant. And and at the very least, you know, you're going to get him back. He's not he's not going to be 100 percent fresh, I would think. Yeah. Total agreement. All right, let's move to the NBA draft. Jay, uh, you've been doing this for years. You know the prospects as well as anybody. You do a lot of college basketball work at ESPN. Great job. I just, the top of this draft is strong, but Jay, when you're drafting for the future, we all agree Cade Cunningham's probably the best prospect right now. But if I'm looking five, three to five years down the road, is Cade Cunningham the guy you think who has the highest ceiling of anyone in this draft? Yes, but there are Ooh. there are caveats to that. I mean, you, you're always drafting. I believe the, these guys are drafting based upon what's going to be the future, and so you're not necessarily taking the best player now. You're taking the one you think is going to best be the best player, and I think most people agree that Cade Cunningham has the chance to be the best player, the best chance to be the best player. Um, but you know, Jason, this is the best draft uh, I believe that I've I've done since 2003. Uh, with LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh and those guys. Now, does that mean we're going to have four or five Hall of Famers out of the top 10? Um, I'm unwilling to say that in any year, but, uh, but I feel that this is the deepest and strongest draft, both at the top and throughout the first round into the Mm. second uh, of any draft I've done since that one. And uh, you know, it's, it's, when I say that though, I, you know, it's not like I keep a list of here, here are the best drafts I've done in order. 
Um, but but this is as excited I've been for a draft because of the quality talent. And you're going to have a number of different decisions that are going to be made. I don't think I don't think there'll be a lot of hand wringing over number one with Detroit. But, you know, two through ten, you're going to have a bunch of decisions where, you know, people could reasonably differ and you're not going to pound the table going, are you nuts? You yeah. know, it's not it, they're all reasonable. It's kind of like uh, if you go back to oh three and you say, OK, if you were sitting at number four and and you had uh, Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade on the board, I mean, who's going to argue that? Right. Um, you know, you take one or the other and you're you're pretty happy with what you got. You're not going to second guess that and nobody's going to call you an idiot. I just wonder because, you know, of the way the draft has shaken out in recent years and there have been some struggles at the top. You know, guys who are going one, two, don't always become the best player three, four years down the road. Um, do you think teams are looking at the draft differently the way uh, the league has kind of shifted to be very wing dominant uh, in the last few years? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think I think we've seen uh, where it would be a no-brainer for a big guy to go number one in, in years past, maybe a decade ago. I mean, I think I I voiced that a little bit last year with James Wiseman saying, you know, yeah. 10 years ago, James Wiseman would have been a no-brainer number one. And that's probably true this year of Evan Mobley of USC. Yeah. You can make that argument. Um, so, yeah, I think it has changed. What hasn't changed is – um, you know, I, I believe that, and I haven't done all the numbers on this. It's just more to an, more anecdotal, but I think the success rate of, of NBA draft picks is the highest of any draft in, in major sports that, you know, and I, I may have to leave hockey out of that because I, I, you know, I follow it, but I don't know as much about it, but yeah. you know, you, you look at football, they're looking at these guys for four and five years and they miss swing and miss like crazy on quarterbacks and yeah. uh, all, all different kind of things, you know, and, and, and NBA people have a year to look at some of these prospects year and a half. And, uh, and for the most part, they nail it. There are mistakes. Of course, mistakes are made here and there, but that's just the nature of sports. What do you make of this whole uh, the G League players that are uh, near the top, Jalen Green, Kuminga? Um, you know, I didn't watch a ton of the G League myself, but you can easily go on YouTube and watch the highlights. The competition level does look a bit above uh, Division One. I. I would not say that it's the, the level of like Luka Doncic playing grown men in Europe. But how do you, you know, say, hey, Kate Cunningham tore up the Big 12, but Jalen Green was beating a former and future pros in the G League? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you know, I think it is better than college overall because of the quality of competition and the fact that you've got, you know, elite professional athletes uh, that are knocking on the NBA door. Um, you know, as to as to how it compares to Europe, I haven't really, really thought about that one. But it's the different. The one thing that, that we kind of have to wrap our heads around, it's been an adjustment for me. Uh, especially uh, the first adjustment was years ago when high school players started coming in, you know, you immediately mm. said, well, they're not ready. And it turned out a lot of them were not all yeah. of them were, but a lot of them were. And so you, you had to get used to that, that odd idea, you know, and the first thing you hear people say, like a guy goes, a guy might not be drafted high. They'll say, Hey, he's going to be in the G league next year. As if that's some negative, it's yeah. not a negative. <laughs> it's just a question of where you want to do your developing. I mean, players can develop, faster in the g league than they can in college in a lot of instances it's just we don't see it uh because we're watching the college game we're watching yeah. what's readily available so i think green will probably there's a there's a very good chance he goes number two uh he was ranked ahead of Cade cunningham in high school yeah uh not much not by much but he was and kaminga is really intriguing because he's so athletic and can guard multiple spots and you know his potential is uh, is really high um, you know, but he could go number eight. He could go number five. I, I don't know exactly what's going to happen with them, mm -hmm. but mo most people haven't seen him because yeah. they don't watch the G League, but um, they better get used to it because they're going to be more really good players mm -hmm. that go into it from here. Um, I saw Trey Young in the playoffs become a guy that I personally did not think he could be coming out of Oklahoma. I didn't think he was dropping 48 points on the Bucks in game one. Nothing like that. And we saw John Morant exploding. He had 40 plus um, against the Jazz. I just these guys who can handle the ball and just get to the rim and score at will. It feels like Jalen Green is kind of, sort of in that mold. But again, I have maybe I haven't seen enough of him. Is there anyone else in this draft that has that kind of upside? Where it's like, oh, uh, you know, wings are nice, but guards can get buckets as well as anybody. Oh yeah, there are a lot of guys. Um, you know, uh, Jalen Suggs is one of them from Gonzaga. Uh, 
in other years, he would be considered a, the, the top pick. Mm. Uh, not in every other year, but in some other years, he would be. And, uh, you know, James Booknight can get buckets. Cam Thomas of uh, LSU, Moses Moody of Arkansas. There, and that, that shows the strength of the draft is, you know, you could wind up in the middle of the first round and, and get a guy that you're going, oh, how come he didn't go in the top six or seven? Um, and then, you know, you got some of these wings, whether it's Keon Johnson, who's a great defender, Scotty Barnes, who can play point at six, nine, you know, he could go number four. Uh, I don't know exactly where he's going to go. And, and to your point about guards, Davion Mitchell, I think is a top yeah. five player in this draft. Other people have him at seven or eight or whatever, but that's not worth, worth arguing too much about, but he's not going to fail in the NBA. He, he's going to be a really good player just because of his will and his explosiveness, his ability to defend on the ball. He's the best on ball defender in the draft. I, I do wonder about the situation. You mentioned uh, Scotty Barnes. We just saw Ben Simmons, and I'm a big fan of Ben Simmons' work, flame out of the playoffs because he didn't want to shoot the basketball. And, you know, Scotty Barnes has had his offensive issues, not a really good shooter, I think 27% from deep. Um, great at everything else. He's got the wingspan, which you love. But will there be some reluctance uh, to go high on Barnes because he's not a shooter in a league that is very offensive heavy right now? Well, it depends on what else is available. You know, if you're taking him to be a defender, facilitator, um, you know, sort of a Scottie Pippen type player. I mean, I don't think people thought Scottie Pippen was a great shooter when he got drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not to say that uh, that Scotty Barnes doesn't have a long way to go. He does, but he's 19. Uh, and I do think he can he can work on it and get a lot better. I don't ever see him being a, you know, primary scorer on a team because that's not his personality. Um but I do think, I mean, I already think he's, I, I was surprised that Simmons didn't become a better shooter uh, yeah. to the point where, where it seems like he's got the yips now. He's afraid to shoot. And I didn't see that coming. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I've heard people lately say, oh, yeah, I knew that. And I'm like, well, no. how come he didn't say it at the time? Like, nobody said that at the time. Yeah. Um, and he was the number one overall pick. Uh, and I still think he's worthy of that because of all the other things he does. Uh, you're, you know, you're, your question, you're talking more about championship caliber play, but he's still an all-star and, you know, yeah. gets you the playoffs guy. Uh, Barnes is just different in that regard. Um, but, but he's got another guy with a high ceiling. What a great young man and a great yeah. teammate. Uh, he, he's not going to, he's not going to be a pain in the ass and, and, you know, and he's not going to demand special treatment or anything like that. He's not that type of player. Uh, let's go to a, uh, kind of a controversial player, Jalen Johnson, the kid out of Duke. Um, I personally like the skill set, but as everybody points out, nobody quits on Duke and Coach K. Uh, he bounced around to multiple high schools. How do you handicap a guy like that? I don't know if you've interviewed him or not, but uh, you know, what, what do you make of Jalen Johnson? Does he need the right cultural fit like a Spurs organization, whereas if he goes to, I don't know, the Rockets or what have you, it could be a disaster? Yeah, I'm not worried about the fit um, as much as as him. Um, I think he's a top. I agree with you. I think he's a top ten talent, and uh, and I've got him ranked in the top ten uh, as a player. Uh, now, was I concerned about the fact that he you know sort of quit in the middle of the season or just toward the end of the season? Um, yeah, that bothered me, but uh, I, I, it wasn't like a disqualifying thing. You know, it was a pandemic year. Duke was really struggling. Uh, he was struggling, so I kind of give him a little bit of slack there. But I and, and some of these players, Jason, you know, they, they have anxiety issues. I mean, it's, it was difficult last year because all these guys are, you know, they they were quarantined the whole year, and you know, people want to say hey, they got to do what they love and all that nonsense. They stayed in a hotel the whole year. <laughs> That's not fun. It, it sucked. It yeah. sucked. And you know, I was quarantined at the uh, for a few days at the uh, the Mohegan Sun bubble at the start oh. of the year. And I wanted to hop out the window. Oh, um, I wanted no part of that. And, you know, you had food delivered to your room and, and, and all that. You're treated well, but it was it was awful. And that and was just so one weekend, right? That was one week, you know, and and, uh, and these guys were doing it the whole year. So I'm not trying to make excuses for Johnson. I, I mean, I would have counseled that he didn't quit. Uh, and my advice, but nobody asked me, my advice would have been, uh, you can explain not playing well through a pandemic year. You cannot, you, you will have a harder time explaining packing yeah. up and walking out. And that's what he's dealing with, you know, and, and to your point, like I get the four high schools thing, but nobody had a problem with that when he was being recruited. You know, everybody right. knew that at the time. <laughs> yeah. It's just sort of, it's just sort of when you pile this other thing on, we're starting to ask all these uh, other questions and they're fair questions. I'm not saying they're not yeah. fair, 
but but there are a whole bunch of guys that are going to multiple high schools now that we're talking about being great guys and and johnson's having to deal with these issues and you know part of it's self-inflicted but he's and part of it was unfair um some of the stuff he had to deal with right when he walked were, were, was a bit unfair i felt but but that's part of the gig part of the deal yeah um but his game um he's really talented and he can uh, he's great in transition he's a really good passer um you know he rebounds his position he can grab and go um I, th- I still think he needs to be a tougher defender and he needs to be able to shoot the ball better he doesn't shoot it great he shoots it okay but he doesn't shoot it great and he needs to needs to work on that but you know t- to our earlier discussion he's 19 yeah. and uh, and he's going to get better but at some point i look at it a little bit like uh like Michael Porter Jr., even though his issue was a back mm. I- injury, at some point, whether it's 12, um, 15, you're going to go, I don't care why he quit. He's too good to turn down here. Yeah. That's yeah, going to be the issue. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. You mentioned Davian Mitchell earlier, Baylor guard. He's 22 years old. The history of 22-year-olds in the lottery is not pretty. I don't have it in front of me, but you just look at the names, and it's guys who haven't really delivered. Chris Duarte out of Oregon is another guy. I like him a lot. He looks ready-made to play. You know, I'm sure you talk to teams about this, but why is there such an aversion to 22 or 24-year-old guys in the lottery? Is it simply because they're already a ready-made product and maybe they've already been maxed out and there's no ceiling, whereas a Jalen Green or uh, you know, Z- Zaire Williams from Stanford only played 13 games. We don't know how good he can be. Like, Why is there like an ageism going on in the, uh, in the lottery? 
I think it's it's your first point that um, that their ceiling isn't as high that they've established essentially who they are. Not that they can't get better, or I think your term was maxed out. I mean, no, I'm a lot older than you, but when I was coming out of college, everybody was a senior and everybody yeah. was 22 and nobody, you know, and you were considered a rookie that had a lot to learn and, 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 you know, had a lot of developing to do. So you could be a, a you know, a quality player in the league, all that stuff. Um, that's not discussed now. Now it's, it's sort of, you know, what uh, value is there beyond what we see? Like what potential do you have? And mistakes are made there too. Um, but, but I, I, hadn't, I hadn't noticed or, or hadn't internalized sort of the, you know, 22, 23 year old issue in the lottery. Um, but, and, and how far that goes back, but, uh, Mitchell is one of those guys, like, I just don't see him yeah. failing. He's not going to fail. He, he's, he's too, he's relentless and, uh, and he really wants it. And he's so talented on defense and, you know, his explosion to the rim, when he blows by you, he gets to the rim quicker than a shot blocker can get there to wipe it away. Um, so I, I, I feel very comfortable with him uh, in the top five. And, and heck, if I were mm. Golden State drafted at number seven, wow. the tough decision the tough decision would be if Golden State had him and Scotty Barnes both on the board. What do you do with that? Mm. Um, who knows? They may trade it to get an older player. But, yeah. um, uh, you know, I, I would look first at Mitchell. So you mentioned when you were coming out, you know, everybody was there three, four years. They they were mature. And, you know, what they say about college is like when you go into the real world to get a job, oh, you started, you, first of all, you got into a college, then you started it and you graduated. Boy, this is a guy who's going to stick with it and he's willing to go the long distance. Like we want this guy on our team. It's a little different now in the, in the NBA draft because like people played literally 15 to 17 to 25 games and that's it. We don't really know that much mentally uh, about some of these young guys. It, it feels like the risk is just so great, Jay, does it not? Yeah, but but the players are more mature now. I mean, I was talking to somebody recently. I think we were on a conference call with Mike Schmitz, who's the best talent evaluator I know. And we were talking about how, how few – or maybe it was Brendan Sir also. We were talking about how few players we really talk about having issues now, like character issues or, you know, the buzzword character issues. There are so few players that that you're talking about that that you're not saying what a what a great kid what what a really good young man, mm. you know. Back when guys stuck around for four years, it wasn't because we were good guys. It was because there was no other choice, and there was nowhere else to go. There was no money available. Uh, you're not going to go overseas back then. So back then, you had guys that were drafted at 22 that had no maturity at all, and not all, yeah, not all of them, yeah, some that had very little maturity and they were a, a huge pain in the ass. Um, but today I think the players are more focused on this as a career from a younger age. And, uh, and I think they're more prepared to take the step than, uh, than in the past. Um, that's not true of everybody, but generally across the board, you're seeing more, a more professional approach to their, uh, to their career now than, than ever. And, you know, they take better care of their bodies. Their nutrition is better. Now, now that's ratcheted up in college, period. They learn more in college than they used to on that front. Um, because because college is pro now. It's so professional in its approach. Basically, yeah. So, the play, so I, I don't see – I think the risk is, you know, you certainly don't want to miss on somebody and, and, you know, haven't done your due diligence and you find out later on that the guy was a complete zero. <laughs> um, that, that can happen or didn't have the mental makeup to be successful, wasn't a worker, stuff like that. That can yeah. happen. Um, but really all you're, all I believe they're doing is trying to make the best decision of, of is this guy better than that guy? Like, like we got a list of five guys here, you know, what, who's number one on the list? Like drafting shouldn't be that hard. Once you get to the draft, you got a list yeah. of guys and, and you need to be disciplined. If you've made your decisions going down that list, the only problem they see sometimes is, You'll see somebody on your list going, well, how come they didn't, he didn't get taken already? Wait a minute now. Um, what are we yeah. missing? <laughs> what, yeah. What, what do we need to know that other people seem to know right now? And that's where the, you know, people get scared a little bit in the draft. They're going, well, yeah. let, let's not take the chance. If, if Maybe somebody else does know something yeah. if they passed up on this guy. Uh, let's wrap up with, um, you know, a question about workouts. So I'm out here in L.A. and I have met enough guys that I've been able to go into a couple workouts. And you go and see like a Wendell Carter working out for teams and you're like, oh, my gosh, this guy's ridiculous. And then you go back and watch some of the games on YouTube and it doesn't totally match up with the workout. Um, another guy, Jalen Brown, was out here. 
And it was just like, this guy's un- unbelievable. Oh, my gosh. And then you go and look, and he was like, he was all right, Cal. A guy that has killed in workouts right now is James Booknight, the kid from uh, UConn. Well, uh, by all accounts, he had one of the best shooting workouts ever. And then you go look, and you're like, oh, he hit 29% from three, and takes a lot of bad shots. I know he wasn't on a great team. Jay, how do you decipher between a guy who looks incredible in a workout and a guy who, you know, on the court, maybe didn't deliver like he did in a workout. How do you determine between the two? Well, that's a really good point because you can get fooled by workouts and I've been fooled in the past by them. (laughs) Um, And, and I'll probably be fooled again in the future. Uh, One of the, you know, it's a, as you know, it's five on five game and, and your productivity is a better uh, indicator of your ability level in a five on five game. But for book Knight, who you're right, did not shoot the best percentage, especially in catch and shoot situations, but he is a bucket getter and he can go, he can go get his own. Um, and he shoots, he shoots it very well off the dribble. So that was an issue, you know, and and it's been brought up with them. Like, you don't, you haven't shot a great off, you know, off catch and shoot situation. So when you see him in a workout going, he can shoot it. That's not an issue. It's not like he's clanging it off the rim. There's nothing wrong there. And as he continues to get older and better, he's going to continue to improve in that, uh, in, in improving his shot prep and all those things. All those things can be improved, but he's got the ability level now. So seeing that, that's really helpful. Now, if you're if you're you know looking at somebody in a workout and you get, I, I'll, I'll give you a short little story about a workout. So Chip England, uh, who's mm. with the San Antonio Spurs, and I think the best shooting coach in the game. Shot doctor, right? He yeah. saved Kawhi he, Leonard or whatever? Yeah, he gets the credit for that and should. But So Chip was a teammate of mine in, in college. We're, we're great friends, and, and there's not a better guy on the planet than Chip. So when he, he advised Corey Maggette when he came out of college in 1999, I think it was, 99, 2000, whatever. And you, if you remember Corey Maggette, just a, a superior athlete and, yeah. you know, body like Adonis. And, but he wasn't the most skilled player after his freshman mm-hmm. year. So Chip told them, look, if you get into a workout and, and you know, you're, you get on a bad shooting streak or, you know, you're making some mistakes and you don't feel comfortable – Pause the workout for a second. He goes, leave your gym bag in front of where the scouts are sitting over in the uh, over in the stands, and go over right in front of them and take your shirt off, and <laughs> and then and then go back, then go back. And he goes, nobody's going to care that you missed a couple shots right, when they see that. Yeah. Oh man. But it goes to the Moneyball <laughs> example of you know if you see, I'm sure you read that book. I mean, if you see a, yeah. a guy hit a 500 foot home run. You know, you're going to be you're going to be influenced by that rather than how many times did, did he get on base or things like that. And uh, and so you have to it's, I think there's an art to it about being disciplined for for uh, you know, draft decision makers. You have to you have to look at everything and not get seduced by athleticism or seduced by a workout or not to overly worry about, well, the guy didn't have the best year, but man, he's got every tool, but Hey, he didn't do, you know, he didn't have a great year. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there are a bunch of different ways to screw this draft up and you can kind of take your pick on it. I love the Tyreek Evans story. He was in the Steph Curry workout and the Kings had him play one-on-one and Tyreek Evans destroyed Steph Curry. And the Kings were like, we got our guy. That's uh, Tyreek Evans is our guy. He wins rookie of the year, but Obviously, like, that's a terrible matchup for Curry, right? I mean, he's not a one-on-one guy. He's not going to defend Tyreek Evans. And we know how that story ended. But uh, do you would you recommend a lot of these guys play one-on-one in workouts or just there's no real upside if you get beat or what have you? I don't know. That's a good, that's a good question. I mean, you know, playing one-on-one is not going to be career determinative. Yeah. It's, it's just going to be where you get drafted. So if you're worried about... You know, I mean, maybe uh, maybe Steph Curry is still shedding a tear over going seven versus number three. I don't think he's too worried about it. But um, but, you know, your long term career is what's important. So, you know, I'm I'm kind of on the fence about what to do at the combine. Um, Mm. You know, so you go have a great day at the combine like Dante DiVincenzo has a great day at the combine. He's getting advice to shut it down. He's screw it. I'm here. I'm going to play and plays day number two and plays even better. And got taken in the top twenty or whatever he was taken, yeah. and uh, and this year you have a you know you have players that played really well the first day and they shut it down on day two. I think the kid um, from Kentucky, right, uh, Jackson, the big guy. I don't guy? know whether I don't know I don't think Jackson played at all. I was there, but I might oh. not have paid attention to that. But the guy I was thinking about most is Bones Highland of VCU. So uh, yeah, really, yeah, yeah, really good first day, and uh, and you're thinking, wow, can't wait to see him again tomorrow. Mm. And and you know you're standing there on the set with uh with our crew and 
and uh, and Lafonso Ellis and I are, are going. You think he shows up tomorrow? You think he plays? And, and we're like, probably not. <laughs> wow. But but you know, so we can as old men sit there going, hey, we want to see him play. Um, come on, man, show your competitor all that kind yeah. of crap. But he probably made the right decision as far as getting drafted because yeah. you know playing or not playing is not going to be career determinative for him. It's just a question of, of does it help his draft selection status? Guaranteed money. All right, Jay Billis, the draft Thursday night, right? Thursday night, ESPN. You fired up or I'm fired kind up. Of, I'm or? Just, no, I'm really excited about the draft. I'm just yeah. a little bit concerned about you know five hours. I'm going to have to manage my fluid intake so I don't have to run <laughs> off the set to go to take a leak. You know that that as I get older, that's becoming more and more of a thing. Yes, obviously, Jay. But what are you? Forty five now? Fifty? Getting up there? Yeah, I'm. I'm a little older than that. I, just <laughs> I know. I remember watching you at Duke dominate the never nervous Purvis Final Four. Right? Oh, that was eighty six. Actually, I got dominated. Uh, I, we, I, I remember watching lost. that game. Yeah, I, I was not a Liverpool lost. fan. Yeah. Anyways, all right, Jay Billis, thanks a lot, man. Enjoy the week, and uh, we'll see you at the draft. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.